Oh my goodness, did I receive some feedback from our last episode on what makes you vulnerable to an affair. (laughs) I heard from quite a few of you thanking me for actually doing this little series. It's opening up your eyes to your own personal vulnerability. It's helping you to understand the vulnerability within the marital relationship. And the one who is the betrayer also said, wow, last week's episode really hit me between the eyeballs. So I want to thank you for those who reached out and gave me that feedback. I love hearing from you. It just really, really lets me know that the content that's being brought on Beauty Beyond Betrayal is exactly what you are needing right now. And so today we're diving into part two. And today we're looking at individually what makes you vulnerable to an affair. Last week we looked socially. Well, this week we're going to look at individually. So stay tuned. Hey beautiful, it's my birthday month and we are celebrating for the entire month of February. How you ask? We are getting ready to launch a brand new membership program just for you. So I have a few questions for you. Are you ready to heal from the devastation of his affair once and for all? Are you ready to leave behind the intrusive thoughts, get control of the triggers once and for all? Learn how to set those healthy boundaries, rebuild trust in yourself and others, and finally rise up as that confident woman that God has created you to be. And at the end of the day, leave all of the pain behind once and for all. Well, beautiful, if that's you, this membership is exactly what you've been looking for. This is going to only open twice a year. So we are opening the doors, swinging them wide open March the 11th, and we won't open again for quite a while, probably the end of summer. So you have the chance to get in on the wait list right now. And you're asking, how much is this gonna cost? It's $37 a month. Yes, you heard me right, beautiful. We are celebrating my birthday and we are celebrating it right. So what do you get in this program? Well, first off, you get access to a private Facebook community where you can build your sisterhood for those of you who are looking to connect with community and heal with other women who are like-minded, going through the same thing that you are. You're also going to be given a proven roadmap to recovery. You're going to have weekly video sessions that are pre-recorded so you can go through them at a self-paced. You're going to have a brand new workbook that I just finished designing just for you, downloadable PDFs, support and accountability. You're going to also have a weekly Q&A live with me. Yes, it's going to be a coffee chat with Lisa once a week where you get to submit your questions and have them answered live weekly. You're also going to get a couple of bonuses. You're going to have access to my Devastated to Determined mini course to get you started and how to thrive through the holidays and not just survive after betrayal. You're gonna get that workshop as well. All of this for $37 a month. So beautiful, don't wait. Like go below in the show notes, click on my website. You can go to lisalimehouse.com, click the work with me tab and go to the group membership program, get on the wait list, or I made it really easy. Below in the show notes, you'll see a little link that says membership. Click on there and get on the wait list. 
You want to do that now because I have some freebies coming and you'll get early access to this. Now, we open the doors March the 11th, so you don't want to delay. Get on the wait list so you can find out all the goodies and we can start journeying together to your recovery and see you healed once and for all from the devastation of his betrayal. Can't wait to see you on the inside. Welcome back to the show, beautiful. I am so excited about the upcoming group membership program, Beyond the Betrayal, that's launching March the 11th. Make sure to get on that wait list. This is a brand new membership program, and I really can't wait to meet you on the inside where we are going to dive deep weekly through teachings and homework and accountability. You're going to build community with the sisterhood there, and you get a weekly coffee Q&A with me where you get to submit your questions and they get to be answered. So March the 11th, the doors are swinging wide open. Get on the wait list. Don't wait. All right, so we're going to dive in. Today, we are in part two of what makes you vulnerable to an affair. And we're going to be looking at the individual aspect of it, the individual factor. So why are some people more vulnerable to an affair than others? Well, in the last episode, we explored the social factors that can create vulnerability. So in today's episode, I want to help you understand your individual factors that can make you vulnerable. So let me just begin by restating what I said in last episode. What I'm sharing with you cannot be used as an excuse or a justification for infidelity. I'm going to say it again like I did last time. What I'm sharing with you cannot be used as an excuse or justification for infidelity, nor does the absence of these factors eliminate the possibility of being unfaithful. We need to get that clear from the beginning so there's no misconception here and no one twists my words. (laughs) So those who remain faithful in their marriage, I want you to know, work diligently to do so. They work daily to maintain their commitments and covenant to one another. So why and what are some of the individual factors that can play a role in making you vulnerable to an affair? Well, today I'm going to share with you four different things that act, I'm sorry, three different things that actually make you vulnerable to an affair. And these are individual factors. So the first one is what you actually believe. You see, your beliefs play a major role in whether or not you will be vulnerable to an affair. What you believe about marriage, flirting, honesty, transparency, infidelity, boundaries, being alone with the opposite sex, all of these beliefs actually matter. What you believe about these can cause you to be unfaithful or actually remain true to your vows. Now, do you believe that marriage is supposed to meet your needs? Think about that for a minute. Take a moment and I'm going to read it again. Do you actually believe that your marriage is supposed to meet all of your needs? Well, if so, when your needs are not being met, this can actually set you up to become vulnerable to infidelity. Now, I know that we go into marriage thinking, oh, 
Marriage is going to meet all my needs. It's going to make me happy, and I'm going to live happily ever after. Well, beautiful, that's the Hollywood version, okay? Let's just be true. Let's be raw and real here. Marriage is not going to meet all of your needs. And if that's your underlying belief system, then you're probably vulnerable to infidelity. You may be faithful to your marriage as long as your needs are being met, as long as you're happy, but when they aren't being met, when you become unhappy in the relationship, you are now susceptible to the allure of something or someone that grabs your attention, something or someone that makes you feel good. Maybe it's just a smile. A small gesture. Maybe it's the small talk at work that's now starting to happen outside of work. And then you fall into one of two camps at this point. And that's where you excuse your behavior. That's the first camp. The excuses. I had too much to drink. I wasn't thinking clearly. You know deep down inside what you're doing is wrong. You know deep down inside that you should not be spending time with the opposite sex like you are. You shouldn't be texting them and hiding those texts from your spouse. You know that you should not be calling them after work and having in-depth conversations about your spouse with them. You know this is wrong at your core, but you need an excuse for it. Or you're on the opposite camp where you're justifying your behavior. Now, I see this more with those who have the belief that marriage is to meet their needs and make them happy. So when that doesn't take place or stops for a time, they begin to justify their behavior. Well, my needs aren't being met, so... Or I'm unhappy in our relationship. So then there are those whose beliefs change because of the betrayal. I've seen this as well. Since their spouse was unfaithful, now they see it as a justification to do the same. This is what I call a rebound affair, which can be extremely detrimental to the one who rebounds as well as to the relationship. Sexual permissiveness is another factor that also influences our beliefs. Red Book, and I know many of you know that magazine, Red Book did a study on women's sexuality in 1975, surveying more than 100,000 women. And I know the statistics have probably changed since then, but this was what I was able to find. 48% of women whose first sexual experience occurred at age 15 or younger were unfaithful at some point in their marriage. Only 16% of women who had their first sexual experience at age 21 or later had been unfaithful. Notice that. The ones who chose to not be unfaithful prior to marriage, in other words, they weren't sexually promiscuous prior to marriage, only 16% of those after the age of 21 had been unfaithful. Most had been true to their vows. Now, while this study didn't include men, it is possible that sexual permissiveness 
prior to marriage downplays the impact of infidelity. Now, this isn't to say that if you were sexually permissive before marriage, that you will 100% cheat. I'm not saying that, and neither does this study. But what it does indicate is that you may be more vulnerable to cheat and you need to protect yourself from high-risk situations. You need to develop some new belief systems about sexual intimacy so that you will increase the value of being sexually pure within your relationship. Now, also, there's another component when it comes to um, our personal belief systems, right? There's another one here that I want to share with you. It is said that pride comes before the fall and humility is what keeps us in check. I know I hit this one on our last episode, but it's worth saying again. If you believe that you would never in a million years be unfaithful to your spouse, then it's much easier to justify putting yourself in a high-risk situation where something could easily happen. Hear me loud and clear on that. If you value your covenant, if your commitment to your spouse is of top priority and you believe that you are not exempt from temptation and sin, then you're less likely to place yourself in a high-risk situation. You know, I've never seen someone have an affair because they believe they're weak. Most of the time, those who enter into affairs believe they are affair proof. They have the belief system that no, not me. Never in a million years, it'll never happen. So take me for instance. I was of that camp. I believed very, very early on in my life, all the way up until the age of 25, that I would never in a million years cheat. I didn't believe it was a part of my DNA, but at the age of 25, what happened? I had an affair. Absolutely. I was vulnerable and I put myself in a high-risk situation and I entered into a full-blown sexual affair. Then there's my husband. He was of the same camp. He believed that there's no way that he would ever cheat on me in a million years. Why? Because he had been cheated on. His first wife had an affair. So he was like, there's no way I would do that to you. I know what it feels like. I know the pain, the agony, the devastation. So I will never, ever cheat on you. Yes, he said those words to me. And what happened? Because he believed that he was exempt from that, that he had affair-proofed himself, so to speak, he made himself vulnerable. Thus, he ended up in a two-and-a-half-year affair. When we start to believe that we are beyond that temptation, that we are beyond that vulnerability, and it could never happen to us, well, that's when the pride could actually come before the fall. Stay in humility. Stay in that camp of humility. And remember, no one is beyond temptation and no one is beyond sin. Okay, number two is this. We have the individual factors of personality types and personal traits. So quite often, men and women with low self-esteem are more vulnerable than those with 
a positive esteem. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of Shirley Glass, PhD, but she was the New York, who the New York Times called the godmother of infidelity research. She was also the author of Not Just Friends. And she said, quote, spouses are more like magnifying mirrors and affair partners are more like vanity mirrors. Think about that for a moment. Like that, when I read that, it just kind of like mind blown, right? Because when we are in a marital relationship, our spouse is to become a magnifying mirror. In marriage, we are in marriage to become more holy, not to become more happy like we've been taught by society and by the romantic novels and by Hollywood, right? No, the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron, so to speak, right? When we look at one another, we reflect back to one another the real authentic self. And it can often magnify the things in our lives that are not godly that need to be refined by fire, that need to be worked on, that need to be um, basically taken away from our life because they're not what God would want in our life. So our spouse can actually expose those things and magnify them, which can be painful at times. But when we enter into an affair, the person we are in the affair with, they are more like a vanity mirror, so to speak. They, We look at them and they actually bring about an ego boost. They make our self-esteem magnify. We start to feel better. The allure of an affair boosts our self-esteem. It activates the dopamine receptors in the brain, giving you that high euphoric feeling, and that is pleasurable. When dealing with low self-esteem, which feels bad, well, you naturally will gravitate towards something that feels better because you don't want to stay in that feeling that feels low or feels bad. And this is why when you're affirmed by someone over and over again, and it begins to build up your ego, well, you desire to return time and time again. This makes you, the one who's insecure, whose self-esteem is low, to be more susceptible to an affair due to the desire for affirmation. Then we can look at the boredom aspect when it comes to personality traits and personality types, right? Um, This can also make you vulnerable. This is when life starts to feel dull. It's common. Life is just humdrum. And when we start to just move through marriage and it's the day in, day out of taking care of the kids, going to work, coming home, the same-o, same-o, well, it can make us vulnerable to someone who, quote, lights up your world, so to speak. Now, boredom isn't created by life's circumstances. Let me say that again. Boredom isn't created by life's circumstances. Boredom results from our lack of motivation. It's a lack of motivation that creates boredom. Now, as a kid, I can remember always, you know, going to my parents saying, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. How many of you did that? I know you did. (laughs) 
<laughs> How many of your kids actually do that? Or you hear your grandkids do that? Because I still hear my grandkids go, I'm so bored. Well, my parents would always look at me and say, then get up and do something. In other words, they were telling me, motivate yourself. Like, let the motivation come from within. And that's actually where motivation comes from. It comes from within. So hear me loud and clear on this. Your spouse can't motivate you to not be bored. Okay? They can't. They can inspire you in life. But they can't motivate you. Motivation is self-driven. It comes from within yourself. Now, there's another personality trait that we need to kind of look at. So are you someone who craves the thrill? Do you crave excitement? Do you get high on adrenaline? Then you may just be one who is vulnerable. If you're someone who craves excitement, then you could be at risk. The pursuit of excitement can actually lead to infidelity as you pursue the next rush. You, uh, for you, being on guard against emotional numbness is going to be crucial. When you feel yourself becoming numb emotionally, you begin to crave the high level of passion to feel something. I see this with clients who battle what's called limerence. This is where being addicted to the feeling of being in love comes in. That excitement of a new relationship. The desire to always have that feeling of being madly in love. And this can make you vulnerable to an affair. Why? Because the steady love of a long-term relationship, as in marriage, doesn't always possess the same level of passion created in a new romantic relationship. That desire to feel alive can actually create vulnerability. And you need to be very aware of this. This also leads me into the addictive personalities that are also more vulnerable. That's where you're not content with living life day in and day out as life kind of gives it to you, right? Instead, you're living for the next high that you can get a hold of. You're always seeking to feel better, to have that high feeling in your life. And falling in love is one of the most powerful highs that we can have in our life. A desire to escape leaves the addict vulnerable as they search for their next high. And then there's that thrill of the pursuit where you are always wanting to pursue that person. There's a thrill. There's that high that kicks in from it. Now in marriage, we are tied together by that marital knot, so to speak, right? Tying the knot, right? We are bound together by that knot. And the desire of the pursuit can wax and wane. And maybe it doesn't even exist anymore. Now we only see our differences. Now we start to nitpick the little things that used to excite us about our mate. And we wonder why we can't get close to each other again. Well, the ensuing dissatisfaction can make one vulnerable to someone they believe is more like them. So now that person at work that is actually sharing their 
woes about their marital uh, mishaps or their their highs in life. You're finding things in common. You, you find that it's easier to talk to them. And now it's easier to find the little things about your spouse more annoying. So now you find this other person more pleasurable. So you actually get thrilled to pursue them. And the thrill of the pursuit of someone again actually produces a high for you. So it can become actually addictive in your life and make you vulnerable because you're actually pursuing someone outside of the confines of a biblical relationship. All right, let's look at number three. Number three revolves around personal baggage. You know, we all carry personal baggage, which can make us vulnerable. Now, personal baggage can be past childhood abuse. It can be generational infidelity. I hit on that in the last episode, which, by the way, is linked below in the show notes. And if you've not listened to it, make sure to go take a listen. There's also the attachment or inability to attach emotionally to your spouse. And then there's intimacy, that willingness to be authentic or to be the real you emotionally and physically with your spouse. Then also there's narcissism, the death of a family member, maybe a parent that you didn't grieve properly or didn't grieve at all, or you're stuck in that grief process. And then life in general can cause a lot of baggage in our life when we are not emotionally healthy. We're not mentally healthy, right? We're not seeing to our mental and emotional needs. You know, I want you to know that these three things that I've just shared with you are individual factors that can make you vulnerable to an affair. But let me also touch on a couple of points as we end today's episode. It's impossible. Please hear me loud and clear. It's impossible to a fear-proof a marriage. Now, I know that goes against the majority teaching, but it's true. We are all susceptible to temptation and sin. That is the simple truth. With that said, it is absolutely possible and necessary to a fear-proof yourself. How? Well, by recognizing that you're not exempt, that you can indeed be vulnerable to an affair. Knowing what makes you vulnerable, setting healthy boundaries and putting in parameters to safeguard yourself and your relationship is key. Now, you things like, let me give you a couple of examples. Maybe for you, that means not being alone with the opposite sex, not getting into a vehicle with the opposite sex. Within our marriage, my husband's and my marriage, we don't contact the opposite sex or have a phone call or a text with the opposite sex without each other knowing about it. We make sure that we are very honest and transparent. We let each other know where we are. We don't hide things from one another. We passed what's called the drop test. If my husband asks to see my phone at the drop of a hat, I give it to him and he does the same. We never ever hesitate. So we've put parameters in place to safeguard ourselves 
so that we can also safeguard our relationship. Affairs can happen also when someone places themselves in a situation that they believe they can handle. Again, by putting yourself in a compromising situation, a high-risk situation. When you do those things, you may be putting yourself in a vulnerable situation that can actually turn detrimental to your relationship. There's also no way to predict with certainty whether a specific individual is going to be unfaithful. But there are some inhibitors that can help. First, know your moral code, what you believe at your core to be right and wrong, and stick to it. If you believe within your heart that infidelity is wrong and that the covenant should never be broken, then by all means, stick to your moral code. But you first have to know what that is. Also, being devoted to your spouse through thick and thin, good and bad, through the highs and lows in life can serve as a powerful inhibitor. What I've shared with you today, I want you to know in no way determines with all certainty that you will be unfaithful. It just educates you as to how you can be vulnerable to an affair. To help you both safeguard yourselves, Please become aware of your personal vulnerabilities and talk about them together. Be open and real with one another. Communication is key. So come together and create your own transparency plan to live in full honesty with one another and do what is necessary to decrease your risk for infidelity. When you deny your vulnerability, it's only going to hinder you and it could only lead to detrimental circumstances within your relationship. Also know that your spouse is not responsible for your personal responsibility for remaining faithful in the relationship. It is your responsibility to do whatever it takes to remain safe for your spouse and your marriage. Having open communication about this topic can help. So let me just say this. If you've already suffered infidelity in your relationship and you don't know where to begin your healing and restoring your marriage, please, by all means, go below in the show notes and grab your free consult with me today. My couples program can help you both move through the devastation and the pain as a couple while healing individually and together. You will heal from the betrayal, rediscover one another, and create a new marital relationship. And I would be honored to guide you through your recovery journey. So, beautiful, y'all, listen, both of you, Stay tuned for part three. This is where we are continuing in this little mini-series of what makes you vulnerable to an affair. We're going to be exploring the marriage factor. Now, before you cut me off, I'm not saying that marriage can actually be an excuse or a justification for the affair. No, no, no. I'm saying that right now. It does not. But there is a marriage factor that can make us vulnerable to an affair. So make sure to stay tuned for part three. Be blessed. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. 
If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.